Hello everyone, welcome to a new Process Mining Cafe. And today the topic of our Process Mining Cafe is uh, forensics. So how can Process Mining be used for forensic analysis? And I'm joined here today by two guests, um, Lukas Fausten and Vincenzo Salden from the IT security team at Johann Knecht. Hi Vincenzo, hi Lukas. Hi Anna. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and welcome also you viewers behind the screen and thank you for joining us as well. As always, you can um, join the discussion and talk with us while we are on the air. So this uh, is very easy to do. It's just below this video. Uh, you find um, a chat that you can enter without any password or account or anything. You just type your name. You press the button and you're in the chat. And throughout the session, we will keep an eye on, um, yeah, on the chat and we'll pick up your your notes and questions and uh, comments um, yeah while, while we are talking and discuss them all right so let's get started I think it's a very interesting topic that we have today and uh, I'm very happy to have you here Lucas and Vincenzo because you have a an interesting case that you brought to us a forensics case that we will dive into uh, in the second half of, uh, of the session today um, but in general, right, uh, process mining is often used for process improvement, um, sometimes also for to support auditing use cases. But I think IT security is a yeah, kind of a new and not so common use case for process mining. So, yeah, maybe can you start by giving us a little bit of an overview about yeah, what the typical IT security questions are that you deal with in your team? Well, it's, it's a broad uh, um, uh, aspect, broad spectrum of all kinds of uh, uh, questions that come to us and arise uh, from, from clients from us. Um, first of all, uh, thank you for inviting us uh, to join this uh, cafe. Uh, we're very, very happy to uh, uh, give, us, give you and your viewers an overview of what we have uh, come up with in the, the last uh, few months. Um, But regarding your question, um, IT security is, is a broad uh, uh, spectrum. Um, it's not only about hacking and uh, uh, ransomwareing, well, which, which we come up with in the, in the next few uh, uh, in the few hour in the next hour. But um, there, there's a broad spectrum of um, uh, measures that can be taken uh, to prevent uh, uh, attacks, to prevent security issues, to prevent. Um, Well, it, it mainly focuses on three levels, on uh, confidentiality of information, um, integrity of information, and the availability of information and systems. And those three, the CIA, is always very important to, uh, to have in scope and to be able to know uh, which parts can be prevented, which preventive actions can be taken to prevent an attack or uh, something that... Yeah has impact on confidentiality or integrity or availability. You just said CIA. So CIA stands for confidentiality. What are the other two? Integrity and availability. And availability, so in, in, yes. The confidentiality of information uh, and systems. Um, um, are people um, able and uh, are they allowed to see the information which uh, lies beneath? Uh, is the information still in, in, in integrity? So is it um, changed? Can, can it be changed? May, is it possible for them to change? Or are, aren't they allowed to change it? And are systems still available? So the DDoS attacks that are um, well performed by uh, some parties, uh, they will crash down the, the sites or crash down uh, environments. And, and so the data is that's not That's a denial available. of service, right? Attack denial on someone of service, is, yeah. Is calling a website for example so often that the website is not available exactly. anymore exactly yes. yeah. yeah and i think i think uh, what you're describing so I, what i see is that there's a much more awareness in the past years like also created by gdpr perhaps so that's of course more emphasizing the privacy aspect of the data but still um yeah people have been more accustomed now to actually date uh, make an audit for example of the kind of information they have and um, that includes also how secure that, that information is. Do, do you see a change there too? Well, we see a change and more awareness because of GDPR, uh, yeah. which is uh, in place in, since uh, 2018 uh, in the entire European Union. Uh, the General Data Protection Regulation. Um, it's mainly focusing on privacy issues, um, which I'm not... Um, well, it, it, it is focusing on uh, privacy issues, but there's no word of... Uh, privacy in the, the general data 
protection regulation. Yeah. Um, so I, I always see it in a broader perspective. You should focus on information security. Uh, and if that's um, uh, arranged in the right way, um, uh, then also the privacy matters are also in that part. So um, see it on a broader perspective. Uh, then you include also the information security matters as well as the privacy matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe one question that I have uh, for you, Vincenzo, uh, is like, what are some of the common errors that companies make or what do they underestimate when you, for example, work with the client and they look at, you look at their data and make an audit? Uh, well, personally, I think that, uh, and it was much bigger uh, a few years back, uh, but um, that it will only happen to other companies and not to themselves. <laughs> so then they are thinking like, oh, it won't happen to me. So we don't really have to um, put some time in protecting our data or protect our systems until it's too late. And then they got attacked or something like that. And they learned and then it's like a top priority to keep everything safe. Um, so that's, yeah, and then it's too late. Then it's <laughs> already too late. Yeah. In addition to that, uh, Vincenzo, uh, in my opinion, also that companies lack a good awareness of their crown jewels. Yeah. Which is not only part of the uh, the, the, the customer data, uh, but also IP, uh, so intellectual property, uh, drawings of, of machines or whatever. Uh, your your crown jewels, what are they and where uh, are they stored and who uh, are who is able to access them? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also relevant for process mining, right? For in terms of um, yeah, data privacy and who's allowed to see which data and how to make sure the data doesn't get leaked somewhere where it shouldn't be seen. So I think also as a process mining analyst, that's important. And we even had a separate session about that topic a few months ago. Maybe we can link that again in the in the show notes, which was specifically about privacy, security, and ethics. Um, yeah, in in the process mining context, but very much focusing on privacy and ethics and not so much the security part but mm -hmm. uh, i think it's it's an it's an element of that right and um so one yeah interesting question is then how post mining can actually help in kind of an it security context and so one thing that yeah when people ask or get the idea i, I think it's pretty clear that post mining cannot really help in actual fraud detection right there there's kind of specialized kind of techniques often if there's a, something some fraudulent uh, activity happening on a bank account or on a credit card the the companies yeah they realize that before the owners it's actually a That's a story that happened to, to, to me at once. It was just a new account I was That's opening. Really. <laughs> uh, and then I received a call from the bank and they told me, oh, there's some activities going on. And then you log in and you see some strange thing. There was no money on yet uh, or anything. But yeah, somehow they had kind of captured the cards and the pins on the way, you know, through the mail and kind of captured yeah. that. Yeah. So, so before I noticed anything was up, they already knew. So, so I think that's not, it's pretty clear. Post money is not about that. But no, it's, just, it's not about uh, instant uh, uh, view of what's what's happening. It's, yeah. it's an analysis afterwards about yes. the process that is uh, going uh, on or what was going on. Yes. Um, and which, in my opinion, there's always a difference between a static analysis uh, of static data and, mm -hmm. and process data. Uh, if, if you have a question that uh, you want to a research question that focuses on um, static data, um, well, one should use the static uh, analysis tools like Excel, for example, or uh, even higher level uh, static analysis tools. But as soon as uh, more process data comes in place and you want to have, uh, you have a question which uh, lies on, on the, the field of um, process analysis, well, you should use uh, tools like process mining analysis. Yeah. 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 use techniques and the models yeah and in a in a typical kind of it security audit i are there places where you where you use process mining well in the uh, field we'll uh, show afterwards um but um well we, we we've used it before um for fraud uh, detection and not the fraud detection but the fraud uh, analysis afterwards um uh, who took place uh, who uh, um 
uh, was sending mails from uh, an account which um, well many people used that account but who was really uh, uh, sending se- separate mails uh, individual mails in a, in a uh, fraudulent matter mm-hmm. so we um, saw afterwards using the process mining technique that someone was uh, accessing uh, the central mailbox uh, sending specific mails to an, a Gmail account, um, and we we saw the different steps in the process, and we can we could pinpoint uh, well the crook or what you need to name it, uh, the the guy who was doing it uh, on his IP address from where he was sending it. You, you can use it as a normal uh, in, a, in Excel tooling, but using the process, you can really uh, see what was happening uh, afterwards. Yeah. So it, it can be helpful. Yeah, so, so I think yeah, that that's exactly what we want to focus on also in this session today and why we call it forensics, right? The, 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 the deed is already done. It's already too late in a way, but understanding what has happened is still useful and cross-mining exactly. yeah, is an ideal tool to visualize and to show the flow of things that really happened in the process. So yeah, yeah the question yeah. is... Where can that happen? And you too have, um, yeah, have done an interesting project to explore and learn more about that. Should should we dive into that into that experiment? Perfect. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we have uh, a few slides to illustrate that a little bit. So if we bring those up, um, I think I have to maybe change the screen here. So yeah, let's go first to the slides. Uh, so it's basically about this kind of terrifying scenario right where um, basically a ransom attack happens it, it has happened it happened so yes well everybody's it's, scared uh, everybody is is, is uh, well scared of the the picture as well but yes. <laughs> what has happened and why did it happen yeah and that's it, because it's 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 all in the in the news in all in the media right now uh, um, my in my opinion everybody you i uh Vincent as well uh in the end, we will uh, jump into the, this this kind of uh, fraud. Um, yeah. Every company will, will have to deal with it. It's it's really important to be prepared, right? Because I, I heard, could that be true that twenty uh, percent of the Dutch companies have had some some kind of incidents or some kind of issue? Yeah, I've, I've heard the percentage yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> in my, I, I think that in the end, uh, near 100% will uh, have the effects of. Yeah. Okay, the more uh, relevant. The more relevant, <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and of and course, you have to do a lot of to prevent it. You have to uh, uh, have um, uh, anti-malware, anti-virus uh, uh, solutions. Uh, you have to patch uh, all your uh, PCs and, and et cetera to prevent an attack. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you never can prevent a, a real attack. No. Not 100%. Oh. So you have to be prepared to uh, also communicate and uh, to to have uh, other processes in place to react on uh, an attack. It, it can be a ransomware attack, it can be a hack or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to be prepared that it has happened. Yeah. Now we want to know what happened before. Yeah. And so understanding how it happens is then also a way to yeah, increase the chances to be able to prevent the attack. So that's why yeah, we're looking at one attack scenario here, right? One it possible often starts by email. Scenario. Yeah, true. Yeah. It, it often starts with a phishing email or uh, an email with a link in it, uh, which uh, a user can click on. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in the worst case, they get infected, and if the systems are not uh, patched in the right way, uh, the infection will lead to, to, to scanning all devices, and um, the, the, a good um, attacker will scan the entire uh, IT environment to know yeah. which files are there. Uh, is it uh, a company? Uh, is it a company with... Uh, um, a good revenue. Um, uh, what's, what, what, what amount can we uh, uh, ransom uh, for uh, in the end? What, what mm. amount can they pay? Uh, can I get uh, elevated privileges, for example? Yeah. And as soon as that is done, they can uh, start uh, encrypting all the data uh, and set the screen on the screen before uh, to uh, inform the. <laughs> The 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 the, guy, the the people who who are infected that they have to pay. Yeah, 
But it's not ending there. It's not ending there. No, because once you pay, it can happen that they want more, right? They want more. Or if if you don't pay, uh, they will come back to you and they place it on the uh, website somewhere and they try to blackmail you as well. uh, Or again, uh, and you have to pay, uh, for example, uh, still, or you don't pay, uh, but data will be exfiltrated in the scan phase and before encryption so they can always uh, try to uh, uh, blackmail you yeah yeah oh, that's that's really terrifying yes it is terrifying yeah yeah and well yeah like you said before if we're looking at understanding what happened we can do this in different places so before you mentioned that actually looking at the emails that were sent um yeah can maybe give some some understanding of how the communication went or where something came from. But when we look at the kind of stages of attack, um, yeah, we, in your project, you focused on this, um, on this last, in, on this last piece, right? Last piece. Yeah. Because the discovery and to get the gain of foothold that, that it is, uh, uh, the file that that will be uh, used for encryption uh, will be placed on the on the server or whatever. Uh, the exfiltration of data uh, that's that's all part of the uh, the path of contamination. But we just focus on the uh, last part: deploy ransomware and how it is deployed, in order to be able to view uh, which um, files are attacked first, which folders are attacked first, uh, in, in which. Uh, um, uh, order are different um, devices in a network uh, infected. Yeah, and and what are you hoping, or where you were hoping to learn from from this from this exercise? Vincenzo, what were we hoping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a really good question because, um, well, as we know, the attack already happened, so you will have all the data, and what you want to learn about it is how did it happen because. Um, Security, IT security will all be, always be a cat and mouse game. Uh, you're always running after uh, the attacker when he infiltrates your system. You want to learn from it and make sure that you can prevent it in the future. So that is what we'll, we were aiming for, to see if we can learn from such attack. And in this case, it is the ransomware attack and to see if it's possible to create obstacles or even solutions for the attack itself and for in the future to prevent or uh, prevent the attack in a whole or even create uh, yeah, difficulties for the attacker so you can maybe cut it off uh, during its process or secure data uh, so you don't have to pay a ransom to get all your data back. Yes. And, and, so, and besides that, yeah. there's also professional interest. Yeah. Because I, uh, since uh, 2010, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using process mining techniques in, in all different ways. It's always focusing on, well, compliance issues, uh, segregation of duties, uh, um, on, on, on more efficiency, uh, what are the bottlenecks in the process, uh, purchasing, uh, to, to, purchasing to pay or order to cash. Well, this is completely different. It's a complete a new uh, field uh, and, and complete new uh, item that can be uh, uh, mined. So pure uh, professional interest is also um, part of the part yeah. of the deal. <laughs> Definitely. And and that's it's really a, such an interesting application and I have I've never seen it before anywhere else. So I think it's a it's the first uh, application to this specific type of scenario and that's also why we said well we have to share this here in the cafe with the community. So um, basically what we want to do in the session here today is to take you through the experiment that uh, Vincenzo Vincenzo and Lucas have done and really take you through the stages of uh, how they approached this, right? Because the first thing that you did is that you actually set up a safe environment where you can, yeah, create a ransomware attack yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I have to emphasize, we didn't use uh, real data. Well, we used the data, the real data from the, uh, the lab uh, uh, setup, uh, but we didn't use uh, real data from one of our clients that has been ransomware or a real situation. No, so it's kind of a laboratory situation. Laboratory so, situation, yeah. 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 So you created a ransom attack in the lab, <laughs> to say. <laughs> and, and you had two components, right? There was kind of a desktop and a laptop component. Can you just explain the setup a little bit? Yeah. 
uh, we created the virtual environment, so the safe lab environment, and we uh, simulated the connection between a laptop and a Windows Server file system. So they were connected just like uh, in a normal uh, company would, um, where the laptop had access to the file servers, its files that has been shared. And in this scenario, the user had uh, attracted ransomware and executed it from its system, which eventually spread over the two device network. Yeah. Yeah, and you brought us some screenshots, right, to show how this uh, how this then looked like when, when yeah. you ran the attack. So the first screenshot that I'm bringing up here is basically that's the desktop system of the user in the lab um, scenario where before anything happens, right? Yeah, so this is uh, the screenshot of uh, just a normal uh, you know work computer, Windows 10 environment, and we see on the left side some few files and everything is still a-okay and this is just before the ransomware was executed yeah and then we have the next screenshot where it is in progress so at the moment it's running right yeah at the moment it's running and it already has uh, encrypted some files as you can see on the left side of the uh, desktop uh, you can see a duplication of uh, the files which are the uh, white uh, well white papers as you can see um, but the original files are still there and in the downloads folder uh, the window that's up um, there the ransomware was executed and it created its own little well uh, base of operations and it created uh, different files that will be showed later when uh, the ransomware has fully been executed yeah, so then that's the end of, of the session, right? Yeah, so uh, when the, uh, the ransomware was executed and it encrypted all the files that it could find, uh, on the left side you can see that the original uh, files of the zip file and the text document has been deleted by the ransomware and only the encrypted version uh, is left uh, with some new files uh, that the ransomware has added. Uh, which will eventually give you the uh, little view that you saw about, hey, we encrypted your files, um, be ready to pay because otherwise uh, we will delete everything and uh, you, you, all your files are lost. Yeah. And without, so you started it on the desktop, on the user machine and without running it separately on the server, it's still spread to the server, right? So we have a screenshot here of the server yeah. um, screen. So that's before anything happened. And then yeah. we have the screen also like now it's in progress. It's uh, now in progress. The same uh, view as we had with the uh, PC. And now it's finished. And now it's finished indeed, yeah. And just because it was connected between uh, the, in a normal uh, uh, working situation, uh, desktop computers or laptops are connected to the network, and the network uh, device is always uh, connected to uh, the, those desktops, and it will be uh, added in the line of contamination. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now, yeah, in the lab you have um, yeah, created the scenario, so the attack has uh, has happened and has finished, and everything is encrypted. So how did you then create the data that you need for the post-mining analysis? Um, well, it was uh, in the beginning a little bit, um, well, playing with what data was available. Um, but we eventually got all the data we needed with the use uh, of some scripts that were written. Uh, if I'm correct, you have uh, the scripts in the presentation, yeah? Yes, yeah, we, we will show them here. Yes, so the first script is, we show yeah. it here now, but can you explain it for, for people who are not script yeah, writers? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first script uh, is a very uh, simple one. What it does, it goes through each folder that exists on the system and checks every file if it was encrypted. Uh, with ransomware, that's pretty easy to determine because it will uh, have its own um, file uh, file extension, which in this case was the uh, WNCry extension, which stands for the WannaCry. 
Um, and when he found a file which had the WannaCraft file extension, he added the location to a text file. And after that, the we could run the second script. Mm-hmm. And the second script went to that file with all the locations and executed uh, the so-called stat command from a Linux uh, uh, command line. And um, that command extracted all information from the file, uh, which contained the name when it was created, uh, when it was last modified, uh, who modified it, and from which device the file came. Mm-hmm. And with that information, he wrote it away in a text document, a CSV document, uh, which is actually one long line and every... Um, part is been separated by a comma. So that stands yeah. for comma separated uh, values. Yeah. So the output of these two scripts is the yeah, the CSV file which is then the the starting point for for the data analysis, right? And we can yeah. show that so we have the the different versions of the files that you created here. So let's look just at the that's the first raw output that basically comes out of these scripts. Yeah. And yeah, so maybe Can you take us through the first is the the name of the file, right? Yeah, the first is the name of the file. Uh, The second is uh, the size of the file. Um, Then we have on the third is from which device the file came. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have our access user, so who accessed the file um, at last. Um, The access date, so which time was um, it was last accessed. Uh, our modified time, so which time it was last modified and last changed as the change time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also gives information about when the file was uh, created, the birth time, but that's uh, a little bit different with the uh, from the Linux system and the Windows system, so it doesn't give any information. Fortunately, it was not needed for our data analysis. Mm-hmm. And at last, it will show the location the folder in which uh, the file was when it was encrypted yeah exactly yeah and then you made a a second file which is basically just to kind of uh, if we close that a little bit of a simpler version where you left out some some details right so yeah yeah we uh, we looked at what information do we really need to answer the question who gave more information about how the ransomware worked mm-hmm. uh, so um, we dropped all the unnecessary uh, columns uh, and changed a little bit uh, some of them so we added a new column which indicates uh, different runs and uh, to give a little uh, id to uh, for the process mining tool later on yeah uh, because um because this is one run, so you had one run through this ransomware scenario, but you yeah. we can come back to this later, but you also had a, uh, in your experiment, you ran the same attack multiple times. So then uh, you actually have more runs, runs number two, three, for example, yeah. and they can be used as the case ID. So the run is used as the case ID in a post mining sense, which yeah. means we have one very long case with a lot of steps um, that all belong to the same ransomware attack, right? Correct. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and this data set, if I understand correctly, combines both um, the files that have been affected on the desktop computer, but also the server to which it has spread through the Yeah, that's a good thing to mention. It's the combination of the uh, laptop and the server, uh, the data that was generated, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I think based on that, you made a third file, which is then the one that we are using for the post-mining analysis, where you basically combine the date and time into a timestamp. Yeah, so Um, it's a little bit easier for uh, the process mining tool to create a nice flow of how the ransomware went through the system, indeed. Yeah. Okay, so now we have the the first data set from this uh, from this attack uh, scenario with one case, one run, and yep. this is what we can now import into Disco, right? So here we have the Disco screen, yeah, and the run is the case ID, um, then the file name is the the activity name, and also the device. So the device is um, what is this? 
So the device is from which uh, if it if the folder or the file was from the PC or the uh, server. So mm -hmm. it's uh, give a little bit more oversight uh, when we're going to uh, load it into Disco. Mm -hmm. So you can see uh, directly from, oh, all right. So it started at, for example, the computer and then went so through the server uh, yeah. without going into each separated um, little data set to see from where it came from. Yeah. Okay. So the DC is, that's the... Uh, the, the server the, component. Yeah, yeah, it's the domain yep. controller, uh, but that's in this case it's the server. Yeah. Okay, and then we have the timestamp configured as timestamp. It's it's very detailed, right? You have nanoseconds here, even. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is good. So you can sort everything in the right sequence because this happens really fast, right? So it's, it's uh, doesn't always take time to go depending probably depending on how big the files are or what is influencing yeah. the speed is it the file it's, size or uh, it's the file size and of course the power of your computer when you have mm -hmm. uh, a really powerful computer it will go faster of course than uh, like uh, yeah one with less uh, computer power mm -hmm. but mostly the size uh, of the files is really uh, indication of uh, encryption going very fast or very slow it could change from milliseconds to minutes or even more yeah okay and then we have the path so now we yeah let's import yep. um, this file and yeah what we get <laughs> is <laughs> too many activities <laughs> yeah very detailed right very detailed it's a very very detailed oversight of uh, every file that was uh, changed by the ransomware and in which order um As you can see, it's just one line straight down. Um, so you could see um, when you're going to filter a little bit on um, how it started on our PC number one, and eventually we will go to DC uh, one, our server. Uh, but if I'm correct, it was almost like 80,000 files that have been uh, changed by the ransomware so it's going to take a long long time to <laughs> scroll through all these cases yeah so this is nice to have but it's not really useful yet right so no. how how did you think about to make it more useful um well uh lucas and i have uh, sparred a bit between um different ways to show um our data And we found out that this was way, way, way too detailed and we have to go more on a bird view level and get more oversight in the general uh, flow of the ransomware. And eventually we came to the idea to go more on a folder level than on a file-based level. So we will be checking when a folder was changed and not when a file was changed. And it starts with uh, one important part, uh, asking the right question. That's always um, uh, one of my uh, themes in when I talk to uh, data analysis like uh, Vincenzo. Always start with a good question. Whether it's uh, Excel or uh, process mining, doesn't matter. Always start with a good question, because if you don't ask the right question, you never get the right answer. So in this case, we uh, asked us the question, uh, uh, what is the happy path of the ransomware? Can we mm. reveal the, the, the path of contamination? Can we reveal the, um, uh, the first um, uh, attack point uh, mm -hmm. and who may, may have clicked on uh, uh, the phishing uh, mail and uh, starting the, 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 the attacking process? But that, that's relevant. And if we want to know uh, how the flow of the um, ransomware is through all the uh, system files and folders, then we have to uh, be more able to have the bird view that Vincenzo mentioned uh, and have to focus on which folders are uh, in time encrypted. So that's the reason why we um, made a different uh, view named yeah. folder level. Yeah. yeah. So still looking at the path, but not on the detailed file level anymore, but basically one level up on, on the folder level. 
And we, we see the, the next version of the data here now, where, where the beginning is the same, we still have to run the file. You have now the start and the end time, right? So how, yeah. how did you do that? So uh, we chose to create a start and an end time, and it basically uh, says that the start time is the time when the, fir when the first file got encrypted within a folder. And the end time is the very last file that gets encrypted in the folder. Mm -hmm. So this way we can see when a, a folder was hit by the ransomware. Also, how long it will uh, it had taken to encrypt every file within the folder. But now we'll also be able to see uh, if folders get encrypted in the same time and if there's more... Um, that multiple encryptions can happen uh, within the same time period, what we mm -hmm. couldn't see with our last view on the file level. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the path, but then, um, yeah, you broke up the path here into multiple folder levels, right? So can, yeah. can you explain this? Uh, yeah, so we have our true path first. That's the uh, full path to the folder uh, of our chosen um, and then we split it up so uh, when you have um, lots and lots of folders you can still have a very well big data set and maybe you want to easily filter within it to get that sweet spot of enough information to see a flow but not too much so you can you drown into all the data so we split all the well folders and subfolders into different uh, well levels as we call them mm -hmm. um, so we can easily filter them in and out within the process mining tool within disco um, to easily get the sweet spot that we want uh, without having to reload the data continuously and change it back into uh, the text file and then reload it again so it really makes it more convenient to work with the data. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me highlight that once more because I think it's a smart way to prepare the data and maybe could be useful trick for others who even in a completely different context want to analyze data on different levels. Um, because yeah, if you if you don't choose like one level but you keep it flexible like uh, Vincenzo has done here, you can. Uh, import the data in different ways and import it on a high level or on a more detailed level, right? So, for example, here, if we are looking at um, this one uh, folder, you can see it broken up in these different levels. The top level is the C, so it's on the C drive. Then the second uh, level is that it's program data, so it's in the program data subfolder within the C drive. And then there's a Microsoft folder within the program data within the C folder uh, and so on and so forth. And now we can actually see the effect of that if we uh, import this file in Disco. Well, you can choose which level you want to pick, right? So this is what Vincenzo just explained. So we still have the same situation. We have the run as the case. We still keep the file, right, um, as well? Uh, yeah, Or, if you want, you could use the file, uh, but now we are more... Yeah. Yeah, as an attribute, but uh, now we're more focusing yeah. more on the folder itself. Yeah, so we still yeah. keep the attribute that tells us whether it's on the server or on the on the desktop machine. Yeah. Um, because, like you mentioned already, because we now have start and completion time, actually there are um, some of the folders, are the, the encryption is running in parallel. And um, so we will see parallel activities, but to see first a sequential view of the process. So you, what you can do in Disco very easily is just use one timestamp to see a sequential view of the process. So this is what we do first, because we want to see a sequential view first. Mm -hmm. And then we exactly get these um, yeah, these different levels, right? Instead of using the full path like we did before, here we have these level one, two, three, and four. And we could choose, for example, to include all of them. But here, for example, we have chosen... Yeah, not to include kind of eight levels below, that's too detailed, but we have chosen, okay, let's include up to five levels of yeah. folders. And that's the level of detail. But you could also choose to say, well, I'm choosing level one or two. So then it would be just C drive versus D drive. Uh, you would see kind of that level of interaction, but we want to see a little bit more detail. So we pick. Yeah, and the combination of the activity is then uh, the device. So the DC or the PC, including yeah. the C, program files, data, etc. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. So let's import that and let's take a look. Uh, and it's still big, but it's not as crazy anymore, right? So, um, yeah, so what can we see here? Should I pull up all the activities? Or? Yeah, they are all the activities. Uh, it's, 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 uh, um, it still is a row, a row of all the, f uh, the folders uh, and probably files that are uh, have been encrypted. But um, you can also see the difference between the uh, laptop that was used as, as a starting point and the file server. Um, uh, you just showed us last week a nice feature in Disco <laughs> to see uh, which uh, 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 folders were affected in the first run and uh, when was the DC uh, affected. Yeah, so PC, that's the PC where it all started, right? We see Correct. that actually it starts with the PC activities, but when we say DC, so that's the server, let's see where that comes into play. It's only just below. Yeah. So the, the same, sometimes the same folders are uh, affected because they exist on both uh, the, the, the laptop as well as the file server. Mm -hmm. uh, but the file server only uh, reveals underneath in the, the last phases of the attack. Yeah. And we can also see some looping, right? So actually, so it's coming back to what is this kind of the app data folder. So then it goes into subfolders from there, or how do you interpret this? Yeah, yeah, you did this. Uh, yeah. Maybe you, Vincenzo. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so um, within the app data uh, folder, the app data local folder, there are different uh, subfolders. And you can interpret it that, uh, for example, our local and then a, a folder one, two, and three. Um, and when uh, maybe folder one has three other subfolders within and subfolder two after the local has uh, one and our third folder in the local uh, folder doesn't have any subfolders. Mm -hmm. So it will loop back because it's done with one of the uh, subfolders within the local and then continues to the next. So you get this little looping, as you say, uh, within Disco, mm -hmm. uh, because you already finished all the uh, subfolders, the child objects within it, and then loops back to continue the encryption of all the other folders within the app data local folder. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And also one one um, uh, part that we fell into, we always saw, and that's that's normal because. Uh, well, I'll explain later. We saw that Windows folders were not encrypted. No, n n never. Yeah. But the C Windows folder, that's the system folder. If they would encrypt uh, the system folder, uh, the uh, laptop or device won't work anymore. So you wouldn't, wouldn't be even be, a be able to see the. Uh, this is where you have to pay, uh, and that's the part of the, the part of the deal that you should know where you should pay and how you should pay. So the, the 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 file system is not encrypted ever, and that you can show also that um, well in the in the path of destruction um, uh, only file paths and, and and documents my documents and my my uh, my videos and my music will be affected and not the the, the system folders. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a really interesting observation. Yes, but it, it's logical, but you can see and show it that it's it's really uh, happening that way. Mm -hmm. and, and did you know that already? And was it confirmed in this way, or is that something that you noticed basically by looking at? The... It was confirmed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so of course you go into also then confirming a little bit like what you already know and comparing it sure. uh, one of the things that you were also checking was the time right so you went to the statistics lucas you told me and then you saw that it took five hours and you immediately thought well that's, well, that's too strange long. that's strange <laughs> that's too long because we, we, we knew that it would that it only took uh, uh no less than one hour i believe uh, but why uh, almost five hours well it was um simple in fact uh, because uh, we uh, extracted the data uh, a few hours after uh, the infection uh, took place and immediately after uh, that we uh, accessed the, the the system new files were created and those new files were uh, encrypted as well so that doesn't reveal the real uh, time of the first infection 
um, using the, the the time filter, uh, uh, the time frame filter, uh, yeah. we could we filter can, out the, the outliers. Yeah. So and only focus on the the real the first infection phase. Yeah. So it started eleven forty five. Yeah. Sure. And then. Um, how long should we do it? Like 12? Just, yeah, just one hour or just one, even more over one hour. Trim to the time frame and we f filter out the, the outlier. Mm -hmm. And now uh, I can see it right because it's... It's uh, 57 minutes. 57 minutes. Well, that is uh, exactly the, the time frame we, we saw in our first infection phase, mm -hmm. which was focusing on the first on the um, laptop. And later on, during the process, it was uh, also infecting the file server. Yeah. 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 And while looking at the time, is now also an opportunity to bring back in the the start and completion timestamps, right? Because if yeah. we have start and complete timestamp for, in this case, a folder that's being encrypted, then we can also measure how, how, how long that actually takes. So if we go back and actually bring back in that... That end timestamp here also as an activity uh, as a timestamp i mean so then here we have to configure the patterns the day month year minute seconds and, and then maybe, maybe if maybe even in the future you can add a nanoseconds as well nanoseconds <laughs> i think java doesn't go uh, further than sure. milliseconds sure. but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and we still keep the same level, right? So let's still keep kind of the up to level five, yeah. but yeah. not further. Sounds good. So now, yeah, so now we can zoom in and actually look at the timing information also. The performance, yeah. Yeah. Then we see what takes long. What takes long? What takes long? And uh, well, you can look at different folders and why does it take so long? And you see that there are ma many uh, files in that folder or many files in subfolders of uh, that folder. Mm -hmm. That could be the case. Uh, and that jumped us in the next question um, because uh, I always learned uh, how to to, uh, to um, question five times why. Um, and this is also uh, one of the whys because um, what if we could trick? the ransomware into a file or folder uh, which contains a lot of files and maybe a lot of large files um, that would take the ransomware just staying there and be, give the uh, defender the opportunity to um, have more time to detect the, uh, the attack phase uh, and maybe to have uh, the opportunity to limit the attack and to end the attack. Yes. And did it always start in the same place? So could you, were you comparing different runs to see if it always starts in the same place or? Uh, well, uh, we have a, a, another data set and at the first, that was our first try um, to see what we could learn. Uh, it's a pretty small one, so it's hard to say if it's really always starts in the same folder, but we did really gain uh, patterns within the data of uh, folders that had looked like maybe a little bit more priority or a uh, the way of how the ransomware works. Uh, was it random? Does it has uh, a particular pattern uh, it uses? And personally and i think i can also uh, talk for lucas at this point that it was really interesting to see something uh, like that to really yeah find a pattern and see how something so destructural uh, behaves and how it works yeah and it was similar but not exactly the same every time right it's not that you get exactly the same sequence even on the same on the same system right no not not Completely random, but there, there is a pattern that we could, we could detect. Um, uh, I'm not sure. But I believe it, it, it started mainly at the uh, My Documents folder. Uh, yeah, I think we have one file with multiple runs. Maybe I can bring that up. That was one of the files from the earlier from the early stage. Yeah, experience yeah. that you did. So here we see it's not just one case, but here you, we can see that there's actually two cases. In this case, it's two runs. So it's the version of the file with two runs, and we see already it starts in a different place, right? The one run starts with um, uses. Uh, what is it? Uh, uses. It is the desktop. Yeah, it's a, it's a subfolder on the desktop that he chose. 
and, and uh, the other one is the desktop itself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So these are differences. And then, so if we would have even more, maybe if we have more runs, right? So we can also, if we look in the animation here, it makes sense to synchronize the start times because we, yeah, we want to see, um, yeah, them begin at the same time, right? Regardless on when the actual experiment actually happened. Yeah. So this is like with the synchronized start times, you run the animation from the same. And let's make it a little bit slower because now we basically see two runs kind of, in comparison, right? And we see how they actually go into different directions. Yeah. And then sometimes things go really fast, right? This is what we saw. So sub if it's small, it's fast, but then sometimes it takes more time. Take but here also time, it yeah. goes different paths, right? Left and right. So it's a little yeah. bit. Correct. So what's the difference here? It's kind of. Well, it's small. It's very small. <laughs> <laughs> so once it's going into. Yeah, it's a different. It's more like uh, system uh, files from uh, programs that's on the computer. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see now that it's not always the same as we said before, and that there are sometimes are some deviations, and sometimes we can see a bit more, yeah, yeah. kind of patterns. So here also we see it's the one run is in a different place, and another one in a different. So even though it's the same structure of the files um it's taking different routes so and it it, it started with exactly the same setup yeah, yeah. and um uh, we have always also uh, um three ten times the same setup and um uh, there are differences then mm -hmm. but also pattern that it started always with uh, desktop files my documents uh my videos etc and yeah. later on it jumps to uh, app data uh, in the the windows directories yeah Okay, so that could be a strategy to have some really large files and put them in one of these high-priority folders. To it might help for this kind of attack and this this kind of uh, ransomware, the WannaCry, which is pretty old right now, uh, and it's, it's it's developing in a fast way. Uh, but it could help. It could help. But even uh, software and the malware specialists are becoming smarter and smarter. So uh, the cat and mouse game Vincenzo mentioned is also uh, the case here. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, is there any anything else that from this experiment that you have learned or that you want to investigate next with this? Um, we're not there yet that we will share uh, uh, the the details from. Uh, the analysis with uh, the anti-malware and anti-antivirus uh, industry, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's for us. It's, it was a um, the, the the new way of looking into other data than uh, normal traditional financial data, for, for example. Um, the 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 fact that we have to um, be able to ask the right question, the right question up front, in enabled to, to enable uh, us to give the right answer. Is also um, well uh, emphasized us for for this this case. Um, the ETL process, extraction, transformation, load. Um, we had different different levels. We had level from from uh, uh, the file level towards the le different levels in in the folders. Uh, well, uh, normally it's it's 80% of the time spent on process mining analysis is well 80% uh, is on ETL in my experience. In this case, even 90 or 95% of the time was spent on the ETL process um, to find the right level in order to be able to um, give answer to the question uh, upfront. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also it shows like how you can yeah by creating the data in a smart way um yeah you can look at it on on the right level on which you want to see it right the right level for the questions that you want to answer and uh, also yeah that you can make yourself this flexible data source where you look at it on different levels actually yeah yeah and, and how to extract the right data you have to be uh, very creative to uh, find uh, event logs because normally mm -hmm. event logs are log log files uh, uh, windows log files are uh, embedded in in windows uh, systems but they couldn't be used so we had to be very creative here 
in uh, how to get the right data from, in this case, the, 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 the file extension, the file uh, the change dates, etc., uh, using the stat command uh, to, yep. to create a, uh, event logs ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so sometimes, yeah, the data isn't there, but that doesn't mean that you that that you can't create it uh, in in this in this way. That's True. yeah, I think yeah. a really nice nice yeah. example for that. It's uh, we I have one question from the from the chat that I want to pick up here also, and it goes kind of in the similar direction like what you have described. Um, um, they ask, is it an is it then an idea to place video photos documents in the system folder to avoid them to be encrypted? So you mentioned already, but is that in kind of an advice that you would? Give to people it, that it's not an advice right now because uh, we're, we're, we, we will be investigating uh, if um, uh, as soon as we detect a ransomware uh, could we uh, replace uh, or change the, 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 the files to another uh, uh, file folder. Um, um, malware is, is developing a fast way. Yeah. Um, so it could be also the case that new malware will uh, scan also the Windows systems for files that shouldn't be there and that they will encrypt it uh, also. Yeah. So it should be a very short-lived uh, advantage, <laughs> let's say, if, maybe, if, if it's maybe. the one even. Yeah. 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 But for this, yeah. this uh, part, we, we, uh, uh, for, for the WannaCry virus, it, 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 it could be the case, yeah. 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 So, so in general, then maybe that's a, the good way to to end. Also, to yeah, again reflect on what can people then do to protect themselves again against ransomware. So maybe that's a they can good do thing. a lot. They they have to do yeah. a lot. They, they should do a lot. Um, well, um, first of all, they have to um, uh, start with a good risk analysis. Know uh, where the crown jewels are. Uh, have a good information security policy. Um, have a good password policy as well. Uh, change passwords on a regular basis, have a, a strong passwords, etc. Um, limit physical and, 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 and logical access to files and folders and systems and, and, and also even server rooms. Um, have adequate backup policies and test them in a, in a, a periodic way. Um, because if you have a good backup uh, and that can be recovered in the timely manner, uh, you can always go uh, on with your business uh, without paying well we don't know if you will be blackmailed uh, in the end but you can always uh, continue with your business yeah. uh, take care of installing the latest patches because if you're running out of uh, uh, the latest patches uh, you have more uh, attack surface that uh, uh, an attacker can make use of um, conduct a security assessment in a regular way penetration testing so like ethical hacking etc all kinds of uh, measures that you could take up front to prevent an attack uh, and to limit the impact of an attack. Yeah, and of course, if I may add, be aware. So uh, most of the time, uh, in this case, ransomware is um, activated and uh, been drawn into the system by the people themselves. So be aware uh, yourself, but also make your employees and your family and your friends aware and don't open everything, uh, every link you get or uh, click on every picture or um, open every file that you get sent if you don't know from who it is or what it could be, because that's more, more often than not the way that people get attacked with viruses and ransomware or malware. Yeah, yeah, it's really a level of education, right? That is required today to yeah. <laughs> to use a computer. People are always a big chain. <laughs> yeah, we always are. But there are three three items, and besides the, the human factor, uh, technical factors, uh, which I mentioned as well, uh, and uh, procedural uh, uh, aspects. So having the nice the, the right procedures in place to prevent, to detect, and to uh, react on uh, uh, possible attacks. Yeah. All right, great. Well, this is, uh, I think, a great way to close this, uh, yeah, with, with these things in mind. So everyone maybe has this as a reminder to see where they could do more or 
be uh, more careful and more protective. Uh, I think the application is a really interesting, really creative one for cross-mining. So thank you both uh, for coming on here uh, to the Prost Mining Cafe and sharing that with the community. It's, uh, it was really great to see. Uh, I think some of the things we could take away from in a general way also for other types of post-mining analysis like uh, we just mentioned creating data in a creative way but also preparing it flexibly and looking at it from different angles um, so yeah thank you both for, for joining today thank you thank you for giving us the opportunity to share our experiment with you <laughs> yeah thank right. you for having us All right. Thank you. Thanks again. And thanks all of you for watching um, to this edition from Postmining Cafe. Uh, we will be back in one month uh, with a new Postmining Cafe about simulation. See you then. Bye bye, everyone.